0: Hello, Eagles! Welcome to another episode of The Beak Speaks. I'm your host, Nami Nair, and I hope you are all having a great March. In this episode, we will be listening to Basketball with Arjun, a discussion about the second season of the HBO series Euphoria with Zen Agno, and a lesson on International Women's Day with Manath Bhargava. But first, the news. Judge Ketanji Jackson's confirmation hearings have officially wrapped up. Opening statements were on Monday, March 21st, followed by two days of questioning, where Jackson was grilled by the Senate Judiciary Committee for about 22 hours. The committee plans on voting on her nomination on April 4th, followed by a final Senate floor vote, which is still to be determined. Even if Republicans refuse to confirm her nominations, Democrats have enough votes with VP Kamala Harris's vote to break the tie. If confirmed, Judge Jackson will be the first African-American woman to stand as a judge on the Supreme Court. This week, gas prices in Los Angeles hit a record of $6 per gallon. The national average per gallon for gas on Wednesday was $4.24, which is actually down from last week, which is $4.33. California is still... The highest in price per gallon in the nation, and analysts expect the price to go higher as gas companies switch to summer blends of gasoline. And finally, Russian journalist Oksana Baulina was killed by shelling in Kiev as she was covering the Ukraine invasion. The bombing killed a civilian and hospitalized two people who were accompanying Bolina. She previously worked for Russian opposition leader Alexei Navalny, Anti-Corruption Foundation until she fled Russia after the organization was deemed extremist by Russian authorities. She is one of several journalists who have been killed or suffered serious injuries while covering the attacks. For now, that's the news. Now we have Arjun Vaidya with Basketball.
1: Hey everyone and welcome to the first edition of Basketball with Arjun. Here I talk about the Warriors and the rest of the NBA. So firstly I'd like to talk a little bit about the Warriors expectations before the season had even started. Many were counting the Warriors out right away since they hadn't won a championship in the last couple seasons after the injuries of Klay Thompson and uh, the removal of Kevin Durant from the team. However, the Warriors have proved a lot of the doubters wrong with an above average average season so far as they're currently 3rd place in the Western Conference, just behind the Suns and the Grizzlies. If we look at the Eastern Conference, the Heat are in 1st place, the 76ers are in 2nd and the Bucks are in 3rd place. And I feel like a lot of the success the Warriors have had is with Curry's strong season and he recently even broke the 3-point record for most 3-points made in the NBA. However, the recent injury of Stephen Curry is really halting in my in my opinion halting their chances of becoming a number 1 or a number 2 seed. It looked like it wasn't a major injury but um <clears throat> he'll definitely be out for over 2 weeks which is definitely devastating for the warriors considering how crucial of a role he's played on the team and speaking of crucial roles i definitely have to talk about clay thompson's return to the nba after almost what was 3 years since he got injured in the playoffs it seemed that his return was just something that may not even happen however When he returned to the team, he's been putting an impact on the offensive side and the defensive side ever since his return. And a little bit more about the Warriors' uh, injury trouble, Uh, Draymond Green was absent for a majority of the recent games, which resulted in multiple losses for the Warriors, and at some point, they'd even lost 7 out of 10 of the recent games. And this was devastating as Draymond Green is more than just a great defensive player for the Warriors. He's also someone who's a leader and a role model for the team. A lot of the team rallies behind his effort and his grit during the games and his absence definitely impacted the Warriors' ability to win. And we're seeing this right now too with Stephen Curry as the Warriors just lost uh or believe two uh, of their last games after curry's injury and it's just not the same not having him on the offensive side and i talked a little bit about it before but his three-point presence and the threat he puts at that line really opens the options for the team as oftentimes he has to get double or even triple teamed just to stop him from shooting and when the defense does this the warriors are able to score in other means as well such as Uh, clay thompson or draymond green in the paint so i wanted to also mention about how the lakers season has been so far if we look specifically at their wins and losses they're currently 31 wins and 41 losses and ninth place in the western conference at this point they're looking like they're going to be in the play-in And I feel that a lot of criticism has gone to LeBron James because of how below average the Lakers have been performing. And I think the other players on the Lakers are also getting a lot of criticism. Russell Westbrook um, has been taking a lot of blame for missing crucial shots in crucial games. In addition, Anthony Davis has just been getting injured way too much for the team to be able to win these games and he really has to be there for them to win. However, Lebron James, on the other hand, has been doing extremely well this season. He's tied with Joel Embiid and Giannis for the most points per game, which is 29.8. And after the All-Star break, he he scored multiple 50-point games, which have led the Lakers to wins. However, the problem occurs when Lebron James is not able to completely dominate in one of these games. And when that happens, more often than not, the Lakers are losing their games, which is really disturbing to a lot of fans who believe that they had this big three lined up with LeBron James, Russell Westbrook, and Anthony Davis. And it just appears that they're not sinking well, and they're not even on the all on the court most of the time together. And I feel that if LeBron James continues playing the way he has, he's going to win the MVP award. And... I believe he's 37 years old now, and winning an MVP at that age is just something that is a -a once-in-a-lifetime experience for us as viewers. And also, um, regarding the Lakers as a team, I feel that it's going to be hard for them to win the championship in general because Russell Westbrook and Anthony Davis are just not stepping up uh, for their roles on the team. Thank you. My name is Arjun Vaidya. This was Basketball with Arjun, and I'll see you next time.
0: Thanks for the update, Arjun. Now, on to Zen and her take on the second season of Euphoria. If you haven't watched this season, please be aware of the spoilers in this segment and skip ahead.
2: Hello guys, we are back on track. It's Zen Agnew, a junior at American High to talk about Euphoria. We have a special guest. Please introduce yourself. My name is Kaylee Agnew and I'm a freshman in American High School. Sweet. Before we dive into that... There are some trigger warnings and obviously spoilers about the show. Some of the triggers that are in the show are sex, murder and blood, swearing, drugs, smoking, nudity, violence. Is there anything else you want to add? I would say some
3: parts of the show would contain some disturbing imagery and color flash
2: warning. Sweet. So... I will give you a 20-second warning now to skip this segment or pause and watch this show right now. It shouldn't take you that long. Season 2 has finished, so counting now from 20, 19, 18, 17, 16, 15, 14, 13, 12, 11, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, Four, three, two, and lastly, one. Voila, we are done. And just to make sure that you haven't spoiled yourself yet, this is your warning, okay? This is a very serious show. This is a very sensitive topic to discuss. So there's that. Now, let's officially start. So we have a series of characters so which one is your favorite and least favorite Lexi
3: and Gia 100% and my least favorite character is Kathy and Nate
2: they can both go away (laughs) (laughs) how come they're your favorite and least favorite okay do you want to talk about favorite or least favorite I mean that depends on you girl
3: all right so we're gonna start from least to best because I want to go in that pattern why I think Cassie and Nate are really, they're interesting characters, but their personality is, woo, it angers me. Um, but let's first start with Cassie first. So, firstly, Cassie betrayed her best friend into having sex with her ex-boyfriend. That's literally the principle of a girl's best friend, is to not have sex with your ex-boyfriend, because that is ultimate betrayal. That's not so true. Not to mention, Nate, Maddie's ex-boyfriend? Is such the definition of a red flag, and that what also angers me most is that. Well, I can't. I don't want to blame Cassie. I do blame Cassie, but I blame most on Nate on how he's visit. He's shown multiple p- times about his red flag personality. What I mean by his red flag personality is by his disturbing behavior towards people in general, but it was mostly towards girls to be specific. Examples are. Is how he likes certain girls and how he how he how they want to dress and how they talk and how they want how he wants to control the girl to who they talk with and act this sort of behavior of a
2: doll mm-hmm. <laughs> and that oh my god it's so creepy <laughs> yeah he's a very hateful character and. The actor for Nate it's so is the complete opposite. He's such a sweetheart. I believe his name is uh, Jacob. I'm pretty sure his first, yeah, name, his is first name is Jacob. I, I first... don't know his last name. Yeah, sadly, we okay. don't know his last name. I just know that he's Australian, but he's such a sweetheart. And he portrayed Nate very well. And actors who can make the audience hate on a character is... Top tier acting. That no, is so impressive. Yes. Don't no, forget about uh Cassie though. Her actress, Sydney Sweeney, oh she excelled that. She yeah. excelled it. Yeah, a lot of the actors that are portrayed to be bad in quotes have done an excellent job, especially in this show. And let's talk about Lexi and Miss Gia.
3: Ooh. Who are they your
2: favorite? <laughs>
3: okay. Okay, I'll start with Gia because she's a character who I relate to so much and she deserves so much better. She deserves a sibling like Rue, but her ex- experiences on the show, oh, she about to make me cry. Mm-hmm. So for Gia, right, she's like my age. I believe That's she, right, huh? Yeah, I believe she's like 15 or 14, like physically her age. In her, we, Even though she has like little... Little screen time in the show. There are some parts of the character she has, some parts of her character that people relate and love is by her kind hearted nature. She can potentially have screen time if she wants to, if we have a season three. Uh, there could be a chance where Gia has screen time and actually focus on episode for herself, but sadly, it only focused on the older sibling Rue, which I also like. But she needs a lot of therapy honestly yes and for Lexi her theater oh my god (laughs) she excelled it she was a girl boss I I just can't explain nothing other than that she was a girl boss at the play because she deserved to put her observations of what her friends are experiencing into
2: a play and like make fun of and honestly it was the best (laughs) not only make fun of but it's a nice way to show that this is what other people could possibly be seeing. Right? It's a it's a nice way to show that actions and words do affect one another. And it seemed like Cassie didn't take it too well. Which <laughs> which was a very hard scene to watch. And not in terms of cringiness, but in terms of how you want to crush her and make her brain wrinkle again. just yeah, so, absolutely. Just to gain some smartness. Other than favorite characters. Mm-hmm. Right. There, obviously, there are... There is a theme of drugs. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I, drugs would be the best way to describe the show in one word right basically <laughs> basically so with that in mind do you think the way they scripted out drugs trauma sex for teenagers is accurate and most of all do you think that it represents people that have experienced these things um, I would say that the way that the directors per-
3: were portrayed this show was really a lesson to teenagers out there like us, and especially our new generation, since the theme of Euphoria is by our own generation, right? Like, this is our era. This is what our aesthetic, our culture is like, right? And uh, saying it again, it, sh- it definitely represents a, a big huge lesson to those teenagers like hey uh if you if you ever see a relationship like Cassie and Nate for example like that is not right not just no <laughs> no and for drugs though the process of Rue hitting rock bottom especially and at the end of the season she's genuinely wanting to heal and unlike in the first episode where she lied that oh I'm going to heal from this drugs but really drugs are very addictive and it's something serious to talk about and it could be really traumatizing to others who have experience with this so with Rue uh going through her overdose cycle and process I would say it would be an impactful audience who relate to Rue and that I think that that's what matters to the show is that people relating to these characters who have similar experience with these bad things such as sex and you know violence and drugs and relationships etc
2: mm, that is a valid point and honestly my views of this show is that it's something that you listeners should watch even it's though it so- can be a bit
3: uncomfortable. Yes,
2: of course. That's why we have these lists of triggers. So, again, be careful of that if you want to watch. But I guess we can end this segment here. I personally, when I watched clips of the show, it was very interesting. For me, it. I watched the visuals. I've watched how... The characters act a certain way, specifically Zendaya. Not like I have a crush on her. Oh, me too. Don't lie. <laughs> oh, I love Zendaya. Yes, but seriously, this show is a roller coaster to get ready for a ride <laughs> to experience. So. Thank you for tuning in. As always, peace, goodbye, stay healthy, and farewell. Bye-bye. See you later.
0: Well, I know we all can't wait for the next season of Euphoria. Thanks, Zen. Now we have Manat Bhargava on what you need to know about International Women's Day. Enjoy!
4: Hello friends, my name is Manath, a sophomore here at AHS and I'm going to be talking about the importance of Women's History Month and the origins behind it. International Women's Day is a celebration to celebrate the social, economic, cultural, as well as the political achievements of women. It is commonly celebrated yearly on March 8th. The first National Women's Day was in the United States on the 28th of February. The Socialist Party of America established this day in honor of the 1908 Garment Workers' Strike in New York. That was when women protested against the working conditions. Now, you may ask, who even proposed this idea anyway? Clara Zetkin, a communist and role model for all the women out there, was the one. She prepared a speech in front of the International Conference of Working Women located in Copenhagen in 1910 thousands and thousands of women and representatives of 17 different countries unanimously voted on it. Later that year, Austria, Denmark, Germany, and Switzerland became the first couple countries to celebrate International Women's Day. An interesting fact that you may or may not have known is that it's strongly linked to the women's movements during the Russian Revolution of 1917. There are various ways to celebrate International Women's Day, include in-person social gatherings, including festivals, art exhibitions, and award ceremonies, among others, organized by all kinds of governmental and non-governmental corporate institutions. In 2022, there were some events to spread awareness, like a network with a woman where they speak up about themselves and contribute. It is hosted by nonprofit Toastmasters International and another virtual event celebrating the women and Kalamazoo County MI. They've brought about positive change during the pandemic. Each year, there are different themes of IWD, also known as International Women's Day, of course. So this year, it was hashtag break the bias for other women out there to call out certain times of bias against women in the workplace, whether it be at school or at home. In case you didn't know, this campaign asks about people show their support for their year's theme by posting selfies to social media. Posing with their arms crossed along with the hashtags, hashtag BreakTheBias and hashtag IWD2022. While it is not a must to wear these clothes, people have worn purple or green while posing for these pictures. These two colors, as well as white, symbolize the roots of the UK women's social and political unions. Some of the most recent achievements that some well-known women have taken action and are great to look back at are Kamala Harris, Sarah McBride, and Chloe Zhao. Kamala Harris is a perfect example of woman empowerment as she was the first black and Indian woman to become a president of the US. She's very passionate about reaching her goals and doing what is right to serve our country with respect. Sarah McBride is the first transgender senator who was open to show people the real her. Chloe Zhao was the first ever Asian woman to celebrate a Golden Globe. A Golden Globe is an award that is presented annually by the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. So she had received one for being the best director. All of these beautiful and outspoken people deserve the most appreciation and to all the ladies out there, you are all important. Happy International Women's Day! Be sure to treat yourself with kindness and definitely care. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time.
0: Thank you, Manat. I'd like to wish you all a happy Women's History Month. Take time to honor the women in your lives, whether they be your mothers, aunts, teachers, or friends. Do your part in dismantling the patriarchy and advocating for equality for all. Well, that's all we have for this week's episode, folks. This is Nami Nair signing off. See you in a minute!